Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio. We are back with you guys on this Sunday morning. Um, Big Mike, Robbie D. with Soccer game. to be seen, Mike. And here we are, a lot of people with a lot of lost money. And it uh, looks like Toronto, uh, I don't see them losing three straight. And I don't see Durant coming back either for game five. No, they said to this morning, Winhurst of ESPN said this morning that he doesn't think Durant's going to be ready. Which is, it's that's huge news for the Warriors. It's a big deal. They did not look good last night. Curry struggled. Um, listen, Iguodala was useless. Cousins is awful. Uh, it was just it was a, such a loss game. Clay Thompson was out there. He was the best player. He was unbelievable. He was out there fighting off the the hamstring injury. And then give credit to to Looney because I thought Looney played a really tough game as well. And he's got an injury. They didn't think he was going to be back at all the rest of the series. He was out there gutting it out. The rest of the team just they really did. They they struggled. And the the Draymond Green technical foul was a turn because he gave skin. It was just. It was a it was a nightmare if you ask me, Rob. And then on the other side of the ball, Kawhi Leonard in the first half kept the Raptors in that game. They turned the ball so much, and but Kawhi Leonard kept them in it. He was phenomenal. He currently is the best player in the NBA. Um, it's hard to um, argue that point, but you know Looney's out there played 20 minutes last night for the Warriors. He had a broken collarbone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's obviously no joke. So, broken collarbone for him. He goes out there, gets his all. Dan Green ends up, you know, he gets hit in the eye. He's got stitches. He still ends up playing Lost the two. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like a hockey player for yeah. him. Uh, of course, it's uh, appropriate that he's on Toronto, that he was able to, uh, you know, have that injury. There was like the image of him laying down. Looks like he was like, you know, dead with just mm-hmm. blood coming out of his face. But, um, 
you know, they, they got the job done in the second half. And, and that's really, you know, one of those games where if you're Toronto, you could see them just rolling over. They had a bad first half. They were down just four at the end of the half, but they were down at 12, I think, at some point, I think was the highest that they've got to mm-hmm. be for Golden State. Um, but they came out and blitzed the Warriors after the third quarter. You almost felt like the Warriors were just done and almost like they, they've just kind of uh, mailed it in. And you know what? They want to be known as a dynasty. Dynasties don't lose like that at home. ton of turnovers also, especially in the first quarter. You had Cousins trying to run the floor. Looney also turned the ball over once. But I thought Cousins was just atrocious. I really did. They had 19 total turnovers, Rob. And the free throws, they missed seven free throws. The Golden State Warriors can't be missing free throws. They're supposed to be, you know, dub nation, uh, the shooting team here. I, I just thought it was atrocious. The, the best player for me was Clay Thompson. Curry, two of nine from three. He just never got comfortable. He never got going. Started getting fouled late in the third. He showed some frustration there. It just, the, the Raptors have played perfect games so far. They have. And when I say perfect, obviously they've made mistakes. And Danny Green was awful. And um, early on, they couldn't hit a shot. But they they just keep coming, man. They really do. The up-tempo offense. As soon as the Warriors would score or, or miss, I mean, the Raptors were running the floor. It was so quick. The tempo was unbelievable. And you talk about playing a perfect game and how the Warriors missed 7 out of 21 free throws. Did you see what Toronto did from the line? They missed one, I think. They missed one. 23 yeah. of 24. That's 95.8%. So um, all the little things that you need to do, they did. And, uh, you know, that's a big advantage. They were plus nine at the line uh, in the game. And it was a 13-point game. So. I think they only had 11 turnovers. So turnover differential was, uh, I think, like eight. Yeah, I think uh, turnover difference, it. 17 to 9. So, so. Eight. you're right. Right on. Eight, uh, eight turnovers, uh, difference between the two teams. They hit nine more free throws, mm-hmm. including, you know, never really missing. Uh, and here they are now. They're going to go home. They're going to have a chance to win an NBA championship in front of Jurassic Park twice if they need it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll need it twice. Though. I agree with you. I heard today, this morning, <coughs> it might have even been from you, that Durant is not going to be ready yep. for game five. Um you know, this for Durant, um, it might affect free agency. I've talked about this in some other circles. Um, I still think you know, he leaves. I really do. I, 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 he's he's such an ego guy. He's such a guy that – And I think know, this confirms, Rob, this is an Achilles. This is not a calf injury. If it's a calf injury – It doesn't take that long. He might as well lie and say it's an Achilles. <laughs> he might as well lie and say it's something else because it is – what's the June, June 8th. So tomorrow is one month from the day of his injury. Right, for a calf. A calf strain is going to keep you out of – a full month of action in the NBA playoffs and when your team is desperate for you in the NBA finals? Not not happening. Either you are very, very weak, and then I don't know if I'm the next, if I want you around, mm. one of those guys. I mean, this is the NBA finals. This is a chance to win a championship. Mm-hmm. And there's no sucking it up. But I agree with you. I, I think calf strain, it might be just one of those things in sports where they tell the media one thing, but it really is something different. And there's a picture out there floating around on Twitter, and there's a doctor that covers all the NFL injuries as they happen during the NFL season. He's awesome to follow on Twitter. There's a free plug for him. But uh, he posted a picture from somebody that the ice pack was actually on Durant's Achilles. And it just goes to show you that, listen, this is not just a normal calf injury. He would have been playing already. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's it's sad. Um, and they need him. They, you know, this is a, a Warriors team during the regular season that could just coast by. The Raptors have their number right now, and if they go out there without no Kevin Durant, it's over. And the Raptors won both regular season games with Golden State. Now Golden State's down 3-1, to one, but it's sad because with this whole – and I'm not the biggest NBA fan, but obviously I watch when, when, when I want to or, or when something big is on or the finals or some playoff games. And But I'm interested in what <coughs> happened with free agency. 
and you could have had these two mega stars, Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard and KD, probably at the top of their games, um, fighting it out in the NBA Finals before they both hit free agency and probably both leave their teams. Obviously, Toronto's going to do what they can to keep Kawhi. Golden State maybe trying to keep uh, Durant. It depends on what Durant, you know, feels after the series. But, you know, to have that storyline of these two guys, who's going to be the best? Who's going to win the series? And then they're both going to go to free agency and where they're going to end up. Um, I wonder if Kawhi stays now, Rob, because he didn't want to go there in the first place. He wasn't happy with the trade. Now he's there. They go out and win a title. I wonder if that and, you know, just that atmosphere that you've seen with the playoffs, right? Jurassic Park, like you've mentioned. I wonder if that keeps him. I don't know. Obviously, Kawhi is one of those guys that you can't really get in his mind and figure out what he's thinking. And I mean, there's reports all along that he was always had his mindset on going to the Lakers. But, you know, you also hear how the Nets are going to be big from how the Knicks are going to be at his doorstep. The minute that free agency opens, there was a report I read about that yesterday. I think it's 6 p.m. on uh, whatever the date is, mm-hmm. is the quarter period begins. And the Knicks will be at his, wherever he is, offices, residence. As they should. Um, As every they'll team They'll be should, there first. They, they won't be at KD. They won't be at Irving. They, they're not going to be any worse. They're going to be at Kawhi. So um, these guys have their egos more than maybe any other sport. These guys have, um, you know, they're going to want to be pampered. They're going to want to be kind of uh, blown away by all these other owners. But by the way, they don't want to be called owners anymore. Which is ridiculous. It's another ridiculous thing. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you're on the same side as I am. But I know this is something that Draymond Green, who, by the way, has done nothing to step up his game for his team in the NBA Finals. But um, he's the one out there that started this whole, you know, revolution. They're fine with the owners paying $25 million a year, you know, but, they, you know, they own the company. So, they, you know, they have to make this a racist block. So that's, give me your, that's another uh, big topic. Too. Give me your thoughts on uh, minority owner Mark Stevens of the Warriors this week, uh, given the push to Kyle Lowry. you have an issue with it? Yes or no? I mean, it's not smart. It's stupid. I have an I wanna, issue with it. I want to never... say that I couldn't see myself doing it, but in the heat I could see myself, you know, just doing this, thinking, right. you know, in that one second you have, people make so many dumb decisions. Um, definitely deserves to, you know, some repercussions. And I thought it was pretty stiff. I really did. Yeah. I thought the, the the penalty no ye- uh, out for a year. Five hundred thousand, and five, they're trying to yes. force him to sell. Yes, I I thought it was pretty stiff, especially when you have Drake out there every game. Uh, where, That's uh, my problem. You know, That's it's a double standard. Critical. Yep. I know you want to hold the owners and you know management to a higher standard, but they also hold Drake to a different standard than any fan. If, exactly. if you or I were at that game and we tried. You know, to to you know, start massaging one of the coaches or something, we'd probably be in jail for the night. Yep. Um. So you gotta, you know, it's a little bit inconsistent, but you know who the NBA caters to. You know who Drake is. You know, you know what kind of fan. You know, the fans are NBA or fans of Drake. Um. And then you got this minority owner pushing a guy, which I think, all right, it's stupid. But listen, there, there's a lot of things that the factor there. And, uh, you know, I'm telling you, race is one of them. I thought it was extreme. I did. I thought the penalty was extreme. But, you know, you, you, you want to ban him. a white owner out there pushing it when they're having this whole movement about owners, right. pushing opposing players. It was stupid. Um, that's, that's a huge. Uh, but, you know, it's unprecedented. I've never seen an owner of any sport or a manager or a Joe manager push an opposing player in the crowd. So we've really never seen it before. So there's no basis of comparison. Oh, the only thing that comes to mind recently is Dolan and Oakley, you know, at the Garden. But otherwise, I can't think of anything either. And that was something where Dolan won. Dolan right. was like, <laughs> hey, this fan was unruly. Now, you know, he's banned from my arena yep. for the rest of his life. 
unless basically he comes out to me and, you know, kisses my ass. Right, apologizes. You know, because the whole Dolan's night. one of, trust me, he's one of those guys that the players don't like as far as And that's as why they're going to struggle with free agency. And you just saw the Nets deal this week, Rob, where now they have two max spots. The Brooklyn Nets are a more um, sexy team and attraction than the New York Knicks. And it's scary as a fan. It is because we've had all this talk throughout the offseason of we're getting KD. Hey, Kyrie, Kemba. I don't want Jimmy Butler. He's a bitch. But, uh, you know, other free agents out there. And now it's like, well, the Brooklyn Nets have a better roster. It's still New York. They just made the playoffs. I think I'd rather go play there. They have an ownership that's not hated by people. They mm-hmm. don't have the, hey, you could say what you want about the Islanders. The Knicks have been the worst team in New York sports the last 20 years. It's fair. It's not the Islanders. It's not the Nets. It's not the Mets. They've been to two world. They've been to a World Series. They've yep. been, to, you know, made a deep playoff run in 2006, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Knicks. They have been the worst run franchise. They've had the worst luck with draft picks. They've everything that they do seems to be wrong. They are almost it's and they're almost immune to all the jokes because they're the Knicks and they play mm-hmm. at MSG. But you know you have to feel like the players know that. So now with the Nets being in Brooklyn as opposed to New Jersey, right. that's a huge advantage because hey, it's still New York City. Mm-hmm. It's Brooklyn. It's Jay Z in my that's ear. That's exactly it's what it is, Rob. It's Jay Z. Yep. And you know what? You already have Kyrie hanging out at the Forty Forty Club. You already bought a house in New Jersey. They're saying the writing is on the wall that he ends up in, in Brooklyn. And and to me, if I'm the Nets, I don't like it. I would rather keep D'Angelo Russell. I think Kyrie Irving's more of a headache. I don't think he's the kind of guy he wears out his welcome. He definitely didn't, uh, you know, he was number one overall pick. He won an NBA championship in Cleveland, gets pushed out of there. In Boston, he pledges his allegiance there. Mm-hmm. Now, his word was not his bond because he couldn't wait to leave there. They could keep both. It's just then you have two outstanding guards and, and no fault. Right, because they have to use one of these exactly. contracts on, on D'Angelo Russell. Correct. So you want, you know, the best backcourt in basketball, but, right. you know, Karis LeVert in the frontcourt. Um, I would like a big guy in a, in a you know, backcourt guy. I agree with if you. If I was running a team, I don't run a team. But if I'm the Nets, you're in a very advantageous position right now. Um, and you have to see what happens with this NBA Finals and how it's going to, uh, how it's going to affect it. But the Nets are, the Nets are definitely – definitely a threat to the New York Knicks this offseason. Completely agree with you because the only thing that you could say there's two things that you can say. You could say Madison Square Garden over the Barclays world's most famous that's arena. Number one. That's right. number one hundred percent. And you could say and it, listen, they're both New York, but you could say you'll be on a billboard in Times Square which is a little bit better than a billboard in Brooklyn. But that's it, man. That is it. They're both New York. They're both the Nets have a better team, playoffs, roster, ownership, everything. Most of these players would rather play for the Brooklyn Nets, and that's just assuming that they want to be in New York because Los Angeles is West Coast of New York, right? And Los Angeles is going to be out there, especially the Clippers. Yep, they are going to be just as big um, a factor into these guys' decision. And maybe it's not Times Square, but to be out there in LA yep. or to play in the Lakers with LeBron James because he recruits you, um, that's just as big of a deal. So um, it's going to be interesting, <clears throat> and you know this is going to be you're going to have a little about two-week lull once uh, they wrap up this series um, between the draft. And, and this is where the Knicks also got hurt, Mike. Mm. They didn't win the draft lottery. But yeah. Because if they had Zion, that's another thing you have over the Nets. Well, true. We, we are not a playoff team like the Nets are, but the Nets aren't bringing in a Zion yep. you know, with the draft pick. R.J. Barrett, good player, mm-hmm. good future ahead of him. Not exactly the uh, recruiting power that a Zion Williamson or even a John Morant would have. Completely agree with you. 
So that's going to be interesting. We're going to get into that. Um, NBA draft is less than two weeks away. I think it's 12 days away now. Mm-hmm. Um, NHL draft is the night after that. Um, Stanley Cup playoffs could be coming to an end soon. You got St. Louis losing a 7-2 game in their first home playoff game in, I think it was 49 years. And all right, Boston's up 2-1. to one. They've been the better team. They should cruise. Well, you know what? St. Louis has won two in a row, and now they're going home.
missed a wide open net early in the first. I thought that was a, a big chance, a big opportunity missed to them. But you're right. I, I think the Blues get this done tomorrow. I really do because the way they're playing, man, with that defense, they're keeping everything to the outside. It's Again, the defense for me for the Blues is the storyline. They deserve so much credit. And you got um, guys out there, and, and, you know, I argue with some people a lot about, um, you know, defensemen in the NHL. And, and since we're getting towards the entry draft, you know, you always talk about, you know, drafting this guy or this guy or whatever. And a you know, defenseman, you know, three years after the draft, oh, he's a bust, he's done nothing. Right. Um, they take forever to develop. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at where this Blues defense was built, well, Jay Bomey, sir, was the number one overall pick Florida. in the league. Um, Alex Petrangelo, I believe, was fourth overall by mm-hmm. in uh, 2008 mm-hmm. um, in a draft that it was him, Dowdy, and uh, who was the third guy? I can't think of the third guy right now, but it was him and Dowdy were, were two of the two of the top. Uh, it was Sam Coast number one, and they went three def- um, three defensemen in a row. And uh, you know now look what he's doing, I and mean, he's playing 30 minutes a game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Kind of you know Colton Pareko. Um, Prego's been awesome. People knew him from fantasy because he had a big shot and scored a couple goals and had some power play points. But Drew you know, Doughty, Zach Bogosian, and Petrangelo, and then even Luke Shen. Yeah, so it went forty. was number four, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So it was Bogosian number three that I I wasn't think, I was thinking of. But uh, you know these guys take a while to develop, but then when they get to their thirties, mm-hmm. you know you're getting their best. Whereas maybe a forward you might get his best at twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, and these guys have come together. They played great. And when you have a rookie goalie making 38 saves out of 39 shots yeah. on the road in Boston in a crazy atmosphere against a team that has so much experience and firepower, um, Jordan Binnington um, is a guy that came out of nowhere. Um, he came to the league too late to be a Vezina guy, mm-hmm. but his numbers were there. He might have even came in too late to win the Calder for Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. but he's about to win the most important one which is I agree with you he's got to be the front runner right now and I don't want to take anything away Rob from Tuka Rask was unbelievable the other night also because the Blues did have a few chances there where it really could have been two nothing three nothing very early so Tuka Rask to me he was just unbelievable in there the Blues to me it's almost a must win I don't want to go game seven back in Boston. Now, this is their chance right they, you chance. have to close it out tomorrow because if it's game seven in Boston, it's a coin flip, and you don't want that. And, and you, you know, experience becomes more and more a factor the later you go into these series. Is, um, <coughs> and I'll uh, 38 20, uh, 39-21 with a shot on goal in that game. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Boston, it's one of those games where, you know, throughout most of the season, you sit there and you say to yourself, if you're a Boston fan or a member of the Boston Bruins, even a player, hey, we play like this, we're going to win more games than we lose. Not when it's game five in yeah. a 2-2 series. That's the swing game. So, you know, you want to just tell yourself, hey, we play like that again. We should win. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're one bounce away or, you know, you know, one, you know, I don't know if you could play that well two games in a row. It's a big letdown to lose like playing like that. It is. And the no call in the third really, to me, was a big deal. Because then you're talking about it could be 1-1. And, and then you go to overtime, you see what happens. So, the big no call, I thought the referees I thought actually did a terrible job last game. I, I really think did. Officiating in the Stanley Cup playoffs has been one of the biggest black eyes to yep. hockey that you could have. You've seen some missed calls that benefited the Sharks. What's his name on the Blues? Just got suspended for the hit to the head, and yeah. they didn't even call a penalty to it. Yes. Um, he got suspended. Did not even call a penalty. Nothing late in the that Marshawn ever does can ever get him suspended. He got um, a call for a penalty, for, and uh, I didn't think it was a penalty at first, and I saw the replay. I, I thought it was a great call. When he hit the goalie? Yeah, he jabbed you Bennington. You can't do that. Jabbed you Bennington. You can't do that. Uh, you got to know better, too. Yep. Um, it's almost like an unwritten rule, and the referee himself is going to be like, dude, I'm sorry. Yep. Um, 
Had no issue with but it whatsoever. Officiating's been bad. I mean, and and you have instant replay now is affecting sports in so many ways because if there was no replay in sports, Mike, I feel like we would feel less inclined to be like, hey, this should be overturned or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas opposed to there is, so hey, they can overturn an offside by this much. Well, why can't they overturn you know a blatant trip that leads to a goal or a hand pass that leads to a goal, which obviously affected you know uh, almost hurt St. Louis and kept them out of the finals to begin with. So, um, oh sorry, we got some notifications, but it's on an older post, not on our live show. Um, so yeah, it's and and it gives us the benefit of seeing these things in slow motion where the refs don't. Yeah, you're right, but I, I completely agree with everything you said. The officiating, um, it, it's been atrocious. It, it really has been. So that's uh, you know that's wrapping up tomorrow night. When is uh, when's the uh, was it Monday night for the NBA? Um, They're not tomorrow night. Are no, they? you're right. They got to get them another day. Yeah. So they they are, are Monday. Monday. Yeah. All right. So Sunday. Toronto opening up uh, three and a half favorites. Lord Stanley will be in the house in St. Louis tomorrow night. Um, I don't care if you are a fringe hockey fan or you don't really like the sport, but a Sunday night. Eight o'clock, mm-hmm. NBC Stanley Cup on the line, Rockets Arena. If you don't watch hockey, give it a chance. Give it that night. Turn it to something special. You want to see a champion be crowned? It's right after the Belmont. Oh, I'm sorry, Belmont today. It's um right after all the baseball. Mm-hmm. You don't really care about the seven o'clock, you know, Sunday night baseball game. Whatever it was, at St. Louis, Chicago. It is the greatest trophy in all of sports, and it is worth watching these guys fight for. On you guys. You ever, you know, want to give something new a chance? There's no more Game of Thrones on Sundays. There's no more, you know, Sunday night, you know, appointment television. You can watch the Cubs and Cardinals 18 times this year. Mm-hmm. Watch this game tomorrow night. By the way, nobody is watching the Cardinals in St. Louis tomorrow night. Nobody. That city has the Cardinals on against the Stanley Cup. I would love to see the ratings for the two. And they got, uh, they just announced the Cubs and Cardinals will be in London next year. Which so, I so I can't stand this Lo- yeah I can't stand the London thing I really can't that every I don't want the Red Sox Yankees there and I'm not a Cardinals or Cubs fan I don't want them there either I think it's ridiculous keep those rivalries here luckily for Sunday Night Baseball the game tomorrow night's in Chicago because it was in St Louis I really can't see a lot of fans going well still you're not gonna have the St Louis market watching that no not watching it but at least it's not an empty stadium you're playing in front of yeah because I, I I mean as big of a fan as I could be of the Braves or whatever if my team I, as a big a fan as I'm for the Islanders, if the Braves are in the game six to win the World Series, I'm taking the night off from going mm-hmm. to the game. I can imagine that's how they are in St. Louis. St. Louis, obviously, they lost the franchise. Um, so, lose, you, when you lose the Rams to L.A., and then you got to see the Rams in the Super Bowl this year, this is kind of a nice makeup a for big that deal. fan base. Yep, it's an absolute big deal for them. You, you feel good for them. They're not a fan base that we ever really have any reason to hate. No. So, you know, it, it kind of had to suck to them to see the Rams in the Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. the hockey gods making it up to them. And uh, tomorrow night should be uh, very fun to watch. Of course, we'll be all over it, um, <coughs> you know, talking about it. And we'll get to it uh, next week. And then we'll get ready for the offseason in both basketball and hockey. We, No matter what, we'll have champions crowned by next week when we're on the air. So, uh, should be fun. And all your attention turns to baseball. Um, you had the Craig Kimbrell and the Dallas Keiko. Yeah. Um, you knew it next Saturday, last Saturday when you spoke about it. You said you could see it happening on Monday. It took, what, an extra day? Mm-hmm. But Kimbrell signs in Chicago, Keiko signs in uh, Atlanta. Uh, Mike, your uh, thoughts on how this impacts the teams and then how it, their impact will be uh, felt maybe in the fantasy world? For, for Craig Kimbrell and the Cubs, it's huge. Craig Kimbrell can go out there and probably close, depending when he's back, you would think 20 to 
23 games, I, I would think, is a, is a decent number for him. So uh, I love that. He's going to a, a World Series contender. He's going to have plenty of opportunities. That bullpen has really struggled so far. Uh, it's just a perfect fit. It really is. I have said that I thought him and the Cubs would be a great fit for quite some time now. So I like that. It's a multi-year deal, which is surprising, Rob. I, I feel like if it was going to be a team willing to give a multi-year deal, why wouldn't you just lose the pick, right? You could have had him in the beginning of the year. They've blown 11, 12 saves. You're talking about now how many would he have blown? So you could have a, a bigger lead in the central, but you move on. The Dallas Keuchel thing, I think it's a an interesting fit for the Braves. I think uh, as somebody that you're a Braves fan and you've been telling uh, you know on Twitter constantly, spend money, spend money. Well, they did. They went out there. They added Keuchel. You now have Keuchel. You have Soroka. Freed has been very good. Um, not a bad three, if you ask me. It's really not. I'd like to see the offense be a little more consistent, and they, they kind of broke out last night. I think it's a good fit for him. I like him there instead of the Yankees. I read on the podcast on Monday, his numbers against the AL East are absolutely atrocious. The Red Sox hit him, the Blue Jays hit him, and the Tampa Bay Rays all hit Keuchel very, very well. Now he doesn't have to face the DH. I think it's a great fit, and he's already starting in AAA today. There's no double A, there's no single A, there's no uh, you know simulated games. They said he's been throwing those. He's starting in AAA today, throwing them to the fire, and hopefully you see him in about two to three weeks. Yeah, $13 million for him for probably, I don't know, 11, 12 starts. You would mm-hmm. think 10, 11, 12 starts. Um, you have to have Julio Tehran with it. Um, He's been very well. He's he's pitched very well. Because he's been very underwhelming as a Brave. He's been that ace that's just not an ace. My issue with him, though, is, and it's fine, it's the new age of baseball. He's only going five or six innings. And I understand that, you know, it's the new age or whatever. But with that Braves bullpen, I need more than five or six innings from Julio Tehran. Yeah, his last four starts, um, he's only given up two earned runs. But he has zero quality starts, which means he hasn't made it to six innings yet. So, to your point. Um, and that is new Asian baseball. And you have Soroka go eight plus mm-hmm. last night. So the bullpen will be rested for them today. But yeah, Keuchel, um, he can't be worse than Gossman. He really can't. Or even Fultonevich at this point, Rob. He, he really. But the big difference is, is that Fultonevich is going to get every chance he can to find right. himself. He started this season late. He had the injuries. He was rushed through the, uh, you know, extended spring training and the minor leagues <laughs> to get here. And he's just never gotten his feet under you know himself right um gossman's not the young guy that he is gossman's a guy that you know he could be dfa'd and braves fans wouldn't care you're mm-hmm. not giving up on a fault neighbor so. mm-hmm. i agree with you you're right um it's interesting to say that uh i know i saw you on twitter saying that you would think that the, and talking to dave o'brien you think that this takes them out of the bumgarner sweepstakes mark gross on mlb tv said yesterday he thinks the braves go out and get bumgarner still and he said his bold prediction is you have Soroka, Keuchel, and Bumgarner starting the playoffs for them. Which Where just, do I sign? Well, which Where just, do I sign? It's, it's interesting. Listen, we've talked about it numerous times. They have the pieces. They have the second-best farm in all of baseball. They can go out. They can get a deal done. I just don't know if it's enough, Rob. I'm not seeing enough out of this offense. Besides Freddie Freeman, on a consistent basis, I'm not seeing it. Swanson's been good in stretches. He has. Acuna hasn't put together a full stretch. Donaldson's been a bust. I couldn't have been more, uh, more wrong about him. Marquecas hasn't been Nick Marquecas of last year. I need to see some consistency out of the offense. Um, and even Albies, for that matter. Add Albies to that I, mix as well. I disagree a little bit because <clears throat> their offense has been more than good enough to win more games than they've won. Um, their bullpen, to me, is still their Achilles heel. If they're going to go out and make a trade um, at the deadline, um, now that they've gotten Keiko, would I love Bumgarner? Yeah, where do I sign? Right. Um, because starting pitching in the playoffs, to me, is paramount. You want to have in a short series, you want to have those three good starters. Mm-hmm. You don't want to take your chance that Fulton Avich or that Gossman has to get a start. So, or that 
Tehran's going to go three or four innings. Um, but their bullpen, to me, is their Achilles heel. And it's an epidemic in baseball right now. There are so many teams. I feel like the Braves are the worst bullpen I've ever seen in my life. And then I look in my own division, I see the Nationals. You point it out every yeah. day. How bad is this Nationals bullpen? You know, it makes me feel like we're like middle of the pack, even though we suck. What about the Mets? Horrible. The Mets have been an atrocious mm. bullpen. Um, even Edwin Diaz, you know, had a couple of bad He's games. been horrible. Familia's got an ERA over six. Lugo's up and down. Yep. Um, so you, you just – and then, God, you, what is this? A bear claw on, on Washington. Mm-hmm. He doesn't ever pitch a scoreless inning. Mm-hmm. So I would like to show up the bullpen. Um, I think that even though Acuna's home run numbers aren't there, um, his on-base is there, Donaldson sucks. He's batting fourth. He's the guy that's in between, you know, the two lefties. That's got to be Austin Riley. Let Austin Riley back between Freeman and Marcakis. Now look at um, look at what Freeman is, you know, to, to hit even more mm-hmm. without having Donaldson behind him. So I think the, the offense will be fine. We'll see. We'll see. But at least they're going to be in it. And the Braves, you know, they're going to be in it. they got to get six or seven. They went and spent money, man. You, you can't complain. You know, they went out. They made the move. They spent some money. Listen, the one thing I'll complain about, Mike, if is I'm that, a Braves fan, I, I'm content. I am. Yes, but it really, should have been Kimbrel. <laughs> did they really need the 60th overall pick that badly where they needed to wait till now? I don't even know who they took with the 60th, so I can't even tell you. I mean, how could anybody know who but the 60th I agree with pick you. would be? Although I talked with Vinny on the show maybe two weeks ago, and I went through what it would cost every team to sign Keiko Kimbrel now, and he wasn't willing to give up any of the picks. I think there was one team, and it would have been in the hundreds, that he was willing to give up. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been willing to give up any of those picks to sign either of these players. They had two first-round picks because their first-round pick last year. And you have the second-best farm. You know, you're pleading. I agree with you. I, I, it should have been done. Whatever. And if you're the Cubs over. and you're willing to give a multi-year deal, then they should have done it also. I think the Cubs just blew Kim. I think the Cubs gave Kimbrell everything he wanted. And I did not think that was going to happen when it went this long. He got the multi-year deal. Yep. $15 million yep. average is a deal for a fourth year. Player you know, option. With yep. the option. Yep. So maybe he can get that again. There's a buyout in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kimbrough got what he wanted. And now he's going to be on a contender. Uh, the Cubs got what they needed. Kimbrough got what he wanted. That's a big difference. And uh, all those projection sites like Pro Steamers and uh, the other ones, they projected his ERA. You want to take a guess what they think? Who, Kimbrough? Uh, no, uh, Keiko. I didn't see Kimbrough's projections. Um. Well, first of all, I would take anything three – 60 and below. They have it at 3.97 with seven wins the rest of the way. Um, I'll take the seven wins because I don't think that he's going to go seven and ten. I don't think he's going to start enough. Mm-hmm. So seven, that means seven and four, and now we have him at, you know, um, complete health, you know, for a playoff run mm-hmm. or in September to try to make the playoffs. Um, he's been there. I've, I've seen him at Yankee Stadium. One hit shut out the Yankees mm-hmm. in a playoff game in a wild card playoff. I just think it's a so, great fit with no DH. I really do. It's an ideal fit, if you ask me. Yeah, and he's never had to put on the face that. He's right. always faced, you know, great American League lineup. Mm-hmm. So, um, you hope that he's in shape if you're a Braves fan. Um, if you're a Philly fan, you, you lose Andrew McCutcheon this week to an ACL. Uh, did you see the player now? On which one? Uh, no, I McCutcheon. did, yeah. There's, so, Gene yep. Segura not yeah. hustling and how it, you know, a lot of people are blaming uh, McCutcheon. What are your, uh, what's your take on that? It's tough. It is. I know Segura felt bad. They said, and uh, you know, when he didn't say anything, McCutcheon didn't hold any ill will. It's just a freak play. It really is. McCutcheon didn't even think he tore it. He said he, he's torn it once before. He said he, he after the game, he said I didn't tear it. Just a you know a fluke injury, and then the MRI showed that he did tear it. It's a tough loss. But then you go out, you acquired somebody like Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce to me is such a good fit. I would even argue a better fit than McCutcheon there. And 
not defensively. I think defensively it opens up a hole in the outfield. It really does. But a left, another left-handed power bat in that stadium when the weather gets warm, Rob, I truly think uh, Bruce, he's already got, what, 18, 19 home runs? He could be looking at 40 home runs, Jay Bruce. He really can. It's just crazy. It he is. got such a good start in Seattle yeah. power-wise. Um, now he's in that stadium, Mike. I that, think if he stays healthy, he's going to be guaranteed to get some points. I agree. Runs. I completely this is the agree. Jay Bruce that you saw, you know, when he had a great run with uh, with the Mets a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, and then he kind of started to fall off. You're only going to get a 230 average. You're going to see 200 strikeouts. But again, I, a legit shot at 40 home runs in that stadium. Isn't it funny though, when you think about it, how all left-handed power hitters are the same? Mm-hmm. They all end up having a great start to their career. They're hitting the 300s, the high 280s, whatever. As their career goes down and teams shift against them, the home run numbers stay there, Mm -hmm. but they can't do anything else. He's just the absolute prototypical power-hitting lefty hitter. Uh, 40 and 100, Mm -hmm. but hits 230 and has an on-base of probably 350 because he walks. They're all the same. He had sneaky value in Seattle, too, and now he's going to even a more favorable spot, a better lineup, better ballpark. Listen, Jay Bruce. Fantasy goes needs to be owned in twelve team and even shallow ten team leagues. He really does. And if you look at it, um, you know, just pure baseball wise, he's giving them a little boost. They got swept by the Dodgers in the four game yep. set. First game to San Diego, they were trailing in the second game, and it looked like they were done. And all of a sudden, Jay Bruce just starts to go yeah. off. It's a little boost to their lineup. Um, very lefty, you know, you know, lefty ridden. So now you, you look at you know potential matchups in. Uh, in September, maybe Keiko versus Bruce, Keiko versus Harper. You still have Real you know, Muto, Hoskins, Segarra. You have three good righties there. And then lefties, you have Harper, obviously. And then you have uh, Bruce. It's, it's a pretty balanced lineup. He's going to remind you a lot of what Ryan Howard did in his later years. That's fair. I think that's not fair. MVP Ryan Howard. Right. He's not going to have that impact. But having that lefty big bat in that mm-hmm. ballpark that, you know, could change a game with a three-run home run just like that. You know, a 2-1 game, all of a sudden you're down 4-2. And that's where he's going to be big. And listen, we all, everybody was on Mikel Franco with his hot start. Now this moves Kingery into the infield. Kingery could play third base, gives them another depth option. It's a, it's a great move for the Phillies. It really is. Yeah. And who would have thought, you know, because he was left for dead as a Met. And I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, that's where Met fans get so upset about, you know, is, you know, this guy was supposed to be this great player there. He's a throne in the Cano trade. I think the Mets would take, uh, Jay Bruce back right now, this minute, if they can get rid of Cano. I think if they could redo the trade, second, they would redo the entire trade. In a second, Easy. Well, you've seen what the kid has done mm-hmm. um, in the minor league. Kelnick's been awesome. Uh, Jared Kelnick is like rising to the top 30 now of baseball prospects. They said he'll be a top 10 prospect in the next two years. He's a five-tool player. Yeah. And, you know, even with that. We have that, a 36-year-old with uh, hurt quads and hamstrings right. that can't even run to first base. No. And, it's horrible. And he gets hurt. Every time there's a uh, play at first base, he misses time. Yep. And this is a once-great player. He is. He was. But you have to question now with the whole steroid thing, Rob, how much of it was actually steroids and how much wasn't. And it's a, it's an unfair thing to judge, but – when you're linked to that, you have to wonder how much of that, all those great years with the Yankees and, uh, you know, in the years with Seattle, how much of that was him and how much of that was steroids? Just because he's linked to it. what does steroids do to your body when you stop taking them? You break down. Yeah. Um, And Jay Bruce's first 14 at-bats, 7 for 14, 4 home runs, 9 RBI. And listen, he's going to go through slumps where he hits under 100. It's it's Jay Bruce. 
But for right now, I mean, you, you pick him up and you ride the wave. It's just about producing runs for him. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that Mets trade. I loved that Mets trade. Yes, you I did. I loved getting Edwin Diaz from the Mets. I think he's going to be the best player in the trade. Um, but you know what? You want to make the point that I was wrong because the Mets aren't ready to win right now. So why have the great young closer? Mm-hmm. And I'd rather, and you want to say you'd rather have Kalanick. Um, I could sit there and probably tell you that I'm probably wrong about that. Because I don't see, you know, the Mets are right there in the standings. But does anybody really buy the Mets, the team that can make a run in the second half of no, the NL East? No, absolutely not. No, it's their just, best pitcher right now on the team is Jason Vargas, and then it's Zach Wheeler, and that's not a joke. Jason Vargas, the last month has been their best pitcher, followed by Zach Wheeler, and you have Stephen Matz going today. I don't think Vinny posted any of his bets yet, but a I'm run a- in the first inning again in that game, Rockies Mets, I will take. Are four games out of a playoff spot with more than half a season to go. Um, there's teams out there like last year. That's what the Dodgers were, but we knew the Dodgers right. were going to make their run. I just don't feel that way about the Mets. And if that's the case, and I don't know how they're going to get better next year because Syndergaard and, and Degrom are only going to get older. And Wheel is a free agent at the end of the year, so now you're losing your third piece to that rotation. Maybe I was wrong, but maybe they didn't need that. You know, shut down closer that they got. And they should have traded the Grom because his value never would have been higher than it was that last I year. That I said, though. I said yep. that they should have traded him last yep. year because, you know, they do, or at least not sign him to the contract. I think they're going to should have traded him. Contract. You could have got a ransom for him. Absolutely. He would have he would have changed the game. Yep. He would have changed. And you know what? For him personally, if it's all about the money, great. Good for him. He would have sped up a rebuild, Rob, by three years with the prospects you could have brought in for Jacob DeGrom. But his ERA is two full runs higher than last year. And guess what? The win-loss hasn't changed. He's got three. You have how many home runs he's given up also? He's given Uh, up, I think. Nine homers. Yeah, and he gave up eight all of last year. Yeah, nine homers. Uh, He got uh, the loss last night against Colorado at home. Um, That's the Mets not being able to hit Sentinella because, you know, you got to be able to hit that guy. I agree. Um, There's no excuses. But the Mets home runs, you know, Matt's 12, Syndergaard 10, Wheeler 11. Uh, Syndergaard, I just don't like this guy's attitude. I I really don't. There's something that rubs me wrong about him. Maybe it's, you know, because I – I've seen his interviews, you know, and, and he just kind of comes off as like, you know. Well, because he's outspoken. He was bitching about the whole Syracuse workout thing. He's uh, just been very outspoken the entire offseason. And then you have to go perform. If you're going to run your mouth, you have to go perform. He has not done that at all. 483 ERA so far through 13 starts is not going to cut. And you wanna, while we're talking Mets, before we get off the Met train for uh, the few viewers out there, Mickey Calloway admitting to the team afterwards that he made a mistake and he should have left Syndergaard in. I have an issue with that, Rob. I don't want my manager is coming out there saying I made a mistake. I should have left him in. This one's on me. He just shows so, such incompetence. And then you have him on the radio with Francesa, and he's asking Francesa if he thinks that the Mets should allow Pete Alonso to do the home run derby. He's the manager of the team asking a media person, granted the sports pope, if he, they, he thinks Alonso should do the home run derby. It is a joke, an absolute joke, that entire organization. You have a rookie manager last year and a rookie GM this year. That team is in shambles. Well, I'm going to talk to your second point first. And you had texted me about the whole Francesa thing, and I- – read it as Francesa asked Mickey Calloway because that's a good question. I read it that way because it would be so stupid mm-hmm. to ever think that maybe you didn't just write it wrong. Right. And at first you got Mickey and Mike in the same conversation, so you're reading it quick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike asked Mickey, what a lot? hey, I want to see Alonzo in there. It's a good story. I couldn't fathom in my mind 
that he would be asking Mike. So I completely read it wrong because of how ridiculous it is. Mike couldn't believe it either. Mike <laughs> took Mike took a step back and just well, you know which, what, what which it takes a lot to do. Right. But to your first point, um, I think him coming out and saying my bad about the Syndergaard thing, um, I think he was just kind of just trying to show that you know he is kind of I guess taking it you know taking the I want confidence. Publicly. Stick to your guns, man. You make a move. You made the move for a reason. For Confidence. Player, you know? Syndergaard was pissed. Well, I'm so no sticking up for him. <laughs> stick up for, hey, I screwed up to my player. Maybe just publicly acknowledge it. Maybe he thought that that could be better long-term uh, for the relationship. I don't think long-term and Callaway belong together in any sentence anyway, if you know what I'm saying. But, um, you know, I guess he's just trying to hold himself accountable. He and, finishes and the I, year as a manager, yes okay or no? Yeah, why? Well, it's only his second year here. Oh, no way. He's well, gone by what, the end of the year. Do, well, so you said finishes the year. He does not finish the year. Well, I, I what, what are the Mets game by it? Is the manager going to come in I think you and have make to this team a wild card team? No, but I think you have to admit, admit that there's a mistake there. I think he's lost the clubhouse. I really do. So then at that point, Brody should just tear it down in the offseason. It'll be Riggleman. It right. Riggleman will stay as the you know interim. That's why he's there. That's why he he's there. Next year, I just don't know. Unless this team has one of those stretches where they lose, you know, fourteen to sixteen, eighteen to twenty-two, where the wheels completely fall off, and you got like, you know, Florida or Miami on your heels right. in the division. I just don't see how it helps the Mets to get rid of him this year. And the Marlins playing good ball. There's a fifty-fifty shot the Marlins finish better than the Mets. And I'm not. This is not a Mets fan, you know, spewing garbage. There is a fifty-fifty shot the Marlins finish better than the Mets. Marlins playing good baseball, good pitching, hitting is starting to turn around a little bit. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me. You know the Nationals are going to pass the Mets. That's just a matter of time. The Nationals have played really good baseball until they lost the last two games, mm-hmm. but they had gotten up there and. Uh, Mad Max goes today. You know, thirteen and twenty on the road for them. They just. Uh, I don't think that either of them are going to. I think it's a two-team race in the division. Um, at that point, who really cares? You know, then it's just. Maybe a source of pride, Mike, mm. um, to not have the Marlins finish ahead of you if you're the Mets. Otherwise, what does it matter? Because there's no, it's not hockey where you get the eighth seed. It's not basketball. So, um, you know, that at least is a two-team race. Uh, tons of other division races out there that are, uh, you know, going to be much better. That really, though, the intrigue in the NL is basically the Central, and is it the Braves or is it the the Phillies? Because the West is one. Mm-hmm. The, the Dodgers are, you know, they're on a mission this year. Hinjin Ryu. Uh, still getting the job done. You know, he doesn't pitch in between his starts. Yeah, I you saw that. you think that that's going to be one of those things that people are going to see that? And that's going to be a new fad, especially in his – it's his uh, walk year. So right. He's a and he's, old, he's a little bit older. He's battled injuries. Listen, if it's working for him, I have no issue with that. I don't need him throwing in between starts and, you know, uh, having bullpen days. I have no issue with that whatsoever. That I said last week, that's the best team in baseball. That's the most complete team in baseball currently. The Astros have so many injuries. That team, Kershaw – uh, fell off a little bit in the seventh yesterday. Um, excuse me, the sixth inning came back and pitched the seventh. Pitched well in the seventh. Sixth Did he inning. Get the loss? Uh, no, he got a no decision. Uh, actually, no, he might have took the loss. Actually, excuse me, I think it was two to uh, two to yeah. one when he left. Yep. So, uh, but he pitched well. Rich Hill goes today. He's been good. Ryu, I think they can make a move for a pitcher as well. That offense, they eat up right-handed pitching. It's it's unbelievable to watch. They face Marcher today. I expect them to get the win. Um, just talking around the league real quick, just from watching a ton of baseball last night, Garrett Cole, 14 strikeouts. I thought he was awesome for the Houston Astros in a comeback win. And I hated, hated Brad. I tweeted about it. Brad Ausmus' decision to leave Andrew Heaney in to throw 105 pitches. This is somebody that, uh, Heaney had a ton of strikeouts. 
He's a very talented pitcher. He's got great stuff. A little wild, but great stuff. And he left him in there to throw 106, 105 pitches before pulling him. Gave up a home run to Tom Murphy. I hated that decision. I would have took him out after five. Yeah, you were talking about that last night, um, and you knew you were talking about you had the controversial play at the plate layer. Yeah, in the Astros game. Yeah, talk about that. You sure you you tweeted it out, but the video is um, out there. Torino's hit a ball down the line. Gurriel trying to score from first. I am not convinced Gurriel ever touched home plate, but the catcher uh, Sucre dropped the ball and uh, never tagged him. But I still, I just don't think Gurriel ever touched the plate. Called safe, not enough to overturn. Game over. Walk off hit for Torino's who's been on fire. If you need a catcher in fantasy, he went four games in a row with a home run, and last night the walk-off uh, double if he reached second. Otherwise, it was a single. Yeah. So, more controversy with officiating <coughs> um, in sports. Uh, you got three divisions that are basically over as we hit the middle of June uh, coming up. Um, Yankees and Tampa Bay, you, you, you hope if just as a sports fan that Boston could get there. But speaking of the it's Yankees, a big day Mike, today. They have a doubleheader, Tampa Bay and Boston. They so that's each a, other twice. Yep. Yeah. Big day today. Um, that could be a you know two game sw- a four game swing pretty much. You know, Tampa Bay sweeps. I think they have an eight game lead on Boston. If not, it could be just a four game lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Yankees now lost four or five. Um, there's no better scenario than what could happen to the Yankees right now than to have a little of a you know lull right here mm-hmm. now you'll never have to hear the crap about oh we shouldn't bring back the players we mm-hmm. gotta you know just go with who got us here no they got you so far over 500 mm-hmm. and to a great spot now dv's coming back you got hicks back playing mm-hmm. um and you know who else you know stanton and, and yep. all these guys are coming back and it's after they've kind of had a lull so this i think is best scenario for the yankees but no masahiro tanaka this weekend he is having a baby or his wife is, so yep. he will miss his start tomorrow. Yeah, and listen, this you're right. This is Everything you said is spot on. And um, DJ LeMay, you want to talk about under-the-radar signings. Brian Cashman does it again. DJ LeMay, who's the best hitter in baseball with runners in scoring position, that's just a fact. Go look it up. Um, Britain the other night, that was concerning, giving up the home run to Guerrero. Um, him to me, and, and even Chad Green the other night, being unable to, to finish out the game, you had to bring in Chapman. Um, I'd like to see Green really find that two-year-ago Chad Green thing and even Britain, the Britain of two years ago. As far as the hitters go, you're right. It's fine to go into the little lull now. You, you don't want to hear the talk about, oh, Stanton's going to mess up the chemistry. They would never do it to Judge. Judge is worshipped here. But Stanton, you feel like he hasn't won over the fans yet, right? So I could see that being you know a little bit of a story. Judge is supposed to be back. He had Didi back last night. Didi had two hits, looked great. Um, the reinforcements are coming. The issue pitching Domingo Herman, the story is over right he, he's now had two bad starts in a row might even be three bad starts in a row that's that ship has sailed Severino's supposed to be back after the all-star game they need a pitcher you don't Severino's a question mark Domingo Herman needs to go back to the bullpen he's probably got some arm fatigue CC goes today they need a pitcher in the worst way and I think that after this week Rob with the, the whole media thing that you could speak to with Clint Frazier not talking to the media and, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to call it battling, but uh, just how he encountered the media. Um, I think Clint Frazier has gone for a pitcher at some point. Yeah, um, he's proven himself on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Not defensively. With the bat, he's proven himself. No, but he was always a bat. I yeah. mean, this guy is a bat. This guy's a probable top of the order, middle of the order bat for, a, you know, a team. Mm-hmm. You know, especially he's only going to get better, you would think. Sure. Um, didn't handle it, you know smoothly after you know a rough day or two mm-hmm. which is uh you know he's not the first guy but 
you know, maybe getting out of New York is going to be good for him and even better for him. Um, you've always had the feeling that Clint Frazier is going to make a name for himself outside of the Yankees. Agreed. He's just been a guy that's been rumored to be traded for every big name forever. Mm-hmm. Eventually it's going to happen. And uh, he's going to have a nice career somewhere. I just don't think it's going to be here. So I think you're right. Is it Max Scherzer? Is it Madison Bumgarner? Is it um, Strowman? They'd be linked to. Is it Trevor Bauer who's yep. on a one-year deal? Yep. You know, Cleveland's not having the best season right they now. They just lost Carrasco. That team is done. That te- that team so is not be, making the playoffs. They, and they've made big trades with Brian Cashman yep. before. We've seen it. Um, Andrew Miller, the last. Yeah. So you know, is it is it Bauer? Because he would be a great kind of pitcher for the Yankees. I sure. Think he would fit in New York. You know, very well. That would be very interesting to watch him in the stretch run. So mm-hmm. Frazier's the right guy. Um, your Cashman, you don't rush to make this move because you want to see Stanton and Judge come back and, and that's the key. prove that yes. they're there and they're healthy yes. and that they just, okay, we're settled in now. We're back into a group. Hicks is well in the mm-hmm. outfield. Um, you, could, you can make it work with Hicks, Gardner, and one other for mm-hmm. Frazier, but you need one of those guys. I completely agree with everything you said. And, and Boone came out this week and said Gio Oshella is going to be the uh, kind of the odd man out, the fifth infielder. He'll play uh, three to four times a week. He's not taking LeMahieu out. He said LeMahieu will get a day off a week. Um, Didi, he wants to bring along slow, but uh, Didi looked fine last night again, the two hits. So really, Rob, your DH can really be Voight. And you can, you know, LeMahieu can handle first base. When Stanton and Judge get back, that would put Stanton in the outfield. If you're comfortable with that every day, he's made a glass. But you really could, the point being, you can move on from Frazier, which you know they're healthy, and you can bring in a pitcher of him. And Frazier, to his credit, he battled the concussions last year. His value was not very good. He has shown you when he's on the field, he's a very good player, a good offensive player, very young, former top prospect. He's living up to that now. You can get a good pitcher for him. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's got the talent there. And, and the Yankees are, <coughs> you know, one of the great things, they're going to be able to manipulate the lineup any way that they mm-hmm. want. Um, you need to DH Gary Sanchez for a game. Okay, you can put in Boyd at first base. You can move LeMayu to third. LeMay, who provide and even right. Glaber, for that matter, they provide so many options. You can move one to second, one to third. You want to give DV a rest just because he, you know, didn't, you know, he's coming up here yep. midseason. You, you can put Glaber. You can just do so many different things mm-hmm. with this lineup. They're so deep. Um, and then you see it in the playoffs all the time. How many times does a guy that nobody really has heard of, like a Gio Urshela, come through yep. with a big hit in the playoff series, you know, off the bench? Um, late in the game, mm-hmm. late in tight situations, in a World Series game when the Yankees now have to use the D8, uh, can't use the DH anymore, yep. their bench that they'll have, um, they're that one starting pitcher away from just being, you know, and we see it didn't work out with the Warriors, but right. being a Warrior-type favorite to win this World Series this year. It wouldn't shock me, and it's not going to be a popular opinion with Yankee fans, but it wouldn't shock me if they traded Gio Oshella. And I say that just because he wasn't supposed to be this good. In the minors, he wasn't. And you will have Andujar back next year. That's his position. You're not going to trade Andujar hurt with a torn labrum. You're not going to get value for him. So it wouldn't shock me if they traded Gio Urshela. And I get to your point, late in games, he could play anywhere in the infield. That's a great fit. It just, his value now, again, it's like the Grom. It's like uh, Herman of weeks ago. His value will never be this high. But yeah, you know, to go against my own point, Mike, who are you putting him in for in that lineup? Right. The only time you're really going to pinch hit for the Yankees is if you have a really bad lefty-lefty matchup mm-hmm. or if you're playing in the National League ballpark and you have to pinch hit for the number nine spot, well, late then, you in, have, then you have your regular guy. Right, late in games, you can see him at third, LeMay, who to first. LeMay, who's a better first baseman defensively right. than Voight. So, I get, so good defensively. Yeah. I get that point. But, again, wouldn't shock me if he gets traded. Yeah, and you know what? If you're a Yankee fan and you get anything in return for him, 
that helps you going forward, he's you can't be mad because he helped you on the field. Oh, he's been you phenomenal. You didn't need him anymore. You turned that into he's another, been another prospect. That's exactly what you would do in fantasy. Right. You would have a guy. It's a sell high. In, in fantasy football, a guy that plays, you know, Cleveland's defense. Right. You know, so, you know, three bad defenses in a row. Mm-hmm. He has three great weeks. Some bad defenses coming up for him. You mm-hmm. trade him. You get something else for him, and you move on. Mm-hmm. It helps your team going forward, and it helps you in the present. So, uh, that, I, I don't disagree. Don't disagree. I do have uh, Vinny the Sharks in Vegas. He's in, he wishes. Uh, he's in he's AC. In Vegas he's in AC this weekend, and uh, he said on his Twitter, swimming with the shark, and also the show's account at Over the Top Sport. He'll be posting all his plays. Uh, he was burnt by the Warriors last night uh, and um, the other game as well this week. So you know he's going to be throwing a ton of bets out there right now. I can tell you he's on the Yankees today. CC Spathy against his former team, the Cleveland Indians. And uh, UFC, he's on Tony Ferguson, whom I, I'm on as well, actually. I love that fight for him. Uh, Cerrone's been so hot. He's been so good since uh, really redeveloping himself as a fighter. But I think Ferguson destroys him tonight. I even think it, like a round two knockout. He's on Ferguson as well, who last I checked is minus 150. So we're both on Ferguson. He's on the Yankees against uh, the Indians. And the rest of his players will be up on our Twitter. Yeah, no shock that Vinny's on the Yankees. But um, the Ferguson. Well, they're coming off a loss. I I don't mind that. I like teams coming off a loss. You don't know who's going to pitch for them tomorrow. I I would bet it's maybe be, it's Green starts no, right. They announced it. It's going to be I want to say Cortez. Oh Cortez. yeah. That, no, not that. I think it's Cortez or something. It's uh, Cortez. Nestor Cortez. So you would think you'd want you know Sabathia to go out there and get the job done today, and uh, you know you have a flip game tomorrow, flip a coin. So uh, it's a. That's fine. I just I. Still no shot. I think the, on the Yankees. That's not a bad bet. I like the Yankees today. That's fine. He would bet on the Yankees if they were facing the All-Star team. Um, but that's cool. CC Sabathia versus Adam Pluko. If you're ever going to bet the Yankees right. with the Sabathia start, it's got to be here. I see them minus 130. Um, Shohei Otani. Okay, don't care Otani that, faces Kikuchi today. That's going to be uh, big, big news. In, in Japan. Japan. Yep. Um Hopefully that works out in Japan better than what we saw in Saudi Arabia yesterday. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, all right, let me ask you this. I have such an issue with this, Rob. But I don't know what, where you're going with this. Maybe Are you going to Undertaker match? No, I'm okay, going to the whole, the whole thing. Show. Let me just ask about the Undertaker. Yeah. Because there were so many people that were like, this is why Taker and Goldberg should retire. They should never have done this. Did it change anything for you that Goldberg was legit knocked out in the match um, and the referees were telling them we have to go to an alternate ending and Undertaker don't choke slam him from too high up because he's legit concussed and knocked out. Does it change it for you at least there that, hey, this guy had a legit injury, you saw all the blood, you saw him in his head, um, then maybe these guys just can't go, which might be the case anyway. But does it change it for you at all? I thought it was horrible from the start. I saw the groundwork, Goldberg trying to lock in a, a leg lock on uh, on The Undertaker that he didn't even do right. The Undertaker actually switched Goldberg's leg over, so he locked it in right. I thought it was terrible. It was it, it was 10 years too late for me. It really was. It was past its prime. My main issue with this is WrestleMania is the biggest show every year. I spent a ton of money to go to WrestleMania. And now, yesterday was a better card. The card in Saudi Arabia was a better card than WrestleMania. But was it a better show? Probably not, because they had a, it was you know they had because every they person. Like a house show. They don't let any titles change. Right. Nobody returned. Right. Nobody heel turned. You know nothing yep. like that. So I would have rather seen Triple H Orton at WrestleMania than Triple H Batista. I'll tell you that. Half hour long. Well, <laughs> I agree. I Goldberg Undertaker. That should have been at a WrestleMania match. That's not a Saudi Arabia oil money match. 
issues, man. I had a ton of issues with it. It's a money grab. WWE, you, you take it for what it's worth. And I have issues, Rob. You have Alexa Bliss and Natty over there wearing the full garb, no makeup. I have a giant issue with that as well. But I don't think I'll get into that, them. right? They didn't use them. They went to uh, all around the Saudi Arabia taking pictures in front of uh, you know landmarks and uh, hospitals visiting kids or whatever, which is great and nice of them. I would, I am not making my um, workers go over there and you know have to wear that garb. I think it's just so degrading. Um, it is, and then all that, and then not even allowed on the card. Degrading. You know what? These women, these athletes, travel year round with no break ever. Let the women take the week off then. Don't travel them halfway across the world to Saudi Arabia to wear their stuff mm-hmm. to take for some photo ops when they're not going to be part of your wrestling card. Let them take a week to heal, spend time with their families, get a little, you know, help them mentally and emotionally. Don't make them do that. And I know, I know they're ambassadors, but it's a Making money Making them wear the garb. It's a money grab. I didn't see this. Oh, it's all over know, Instagram on the, yeah, oh yeah, in the black freaking, uh, you know, Undertaker it. Druid's garb. I didn't see it. I didn't even, yep. I knew they were there. I just thought they were there and they didn't use them on the card and they were doing appearances. I didn't know they wore the garb. I hadn't, I hadn't really looked, looked into it. So, um, that's wrestling. That's what wrestling is these days. Um, you know, they pay a lot of money and they, the promos were the weirdest thing. Mm. You ever hear the promo like for the last three weeks mm-hmm. in an event? That's the equivalent to WrestleMania right. or better. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, this is a Saudi saying, we want WrestleMania type thing. Put it in your commercial. And I'm saying, right. all right, you give us $50 million mm-hmm. because money's no thing to Saudi Arabia. Exactly. Oil money. Yeah. So they basically, okay, we'll do a stupid, terribly written promo that makes no American sense. But we, we appeased them. We got our money. Um, Mansoor got his moment. And... <coughs> Here we are. Two weeks is another pay per view where maybe there'll actually be a title change. And it's all it's all rematches. It's all rematches. It's all matches we've seen. This was an extra, we should just. I wish this wasn't on the WWE Network because then we wouldn't care. Then they could have had this huge event there with no title changes, no heel turns, no returns, nothing, and they could have gotten everything they wanted out of it. And just an FYI before we wrap this up, CM Punk is joking with fans about AEW Chicago that night. Yeah, he knows. He's acknowledged it. He's joking with them. Don't think it's the wrong move. We have all summer to talk about bad wrestling, minor league wrestling, NXT wrestling, AEW wrestling. Um, but we'll do it with you guys. We'll be back here, God willing, next Saturday morning. Um, two champions crown in the meantime. Uh, but hit up Mike on uh, his uh, Twitter. Hit up Vinny on his Twitter over the top sport. Um, fantasy stuff, betting stuff. And uh, don't hit me up. I'll talk to you guys later. See ya.